The word of God that I have chosen for this occasion is recorded in Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, the second chapter, verses 1 and 2. When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. This is the word of our God. In the name of our crucified and risen Savior, Jesus Christ, dear members of my Zion family, wouldn't you think that if you've been doing something, let's say, for 40 years, it would be easy and simple? For example, if you've been building homes for 40 years, it's time to build another one, piece of cake. If you've been teaching history for 40 years, simple, let's face it, history doesn't change. You know, I've been in the ministry for 40 years, and I've been preaching and writing sermons for that amount of time, so it should become be really simple and easy, right? Well, I can tell you that this sermon is one of the most, if not the most difficult sermons that I've ever written. And why? Well, it's my farewell sermon as I retire from the public ministry, and I struggled with, what do I say? What do I say to you, the, the people of Zion whom I've served for over 35 years, people whom I, I love so dearly? It has to be more than, thank you, it's been great, I wish you well. Well, as I was struggling with this for a while, my wife knew it, and one day she asked me the question, what have you been preaching for 40 years? I thought, and I went, basically law and gospel. And she said to me, so, preach law and gospel. Simple advice, but what great advice that was. And so that's what I'm going to do. When I arrived at Zion in March of 1984, I preached my first sermon on the text that I have chosen for today. I said I did not come with superior wisdom or eloquence, but I came to focus on and to preach nothing else but Jesus Christ and him crucified. And as I think back on my ministry, and as my ministry with you ends today, I am blessed to be able to say, by the grace of God, I have preached Christ crucified. You know, the people in the city of Corinth were not only known for their wealth, but their worldly wisdom. They idolized the clever, the eloquent, the skillful debater and speaker. Anyone who didn't have those qualities, they considered that message to be of no value. But listen to what Paul wrote to them. When I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. He reminded them when he, that when he first came to the city, he was the opposite of what they usually liked. He was not that glamorous speaker who would dazzle them with his style or with his words. His message was simple and focused on one thing. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. You know, when Paul first started preaching about Jesus, I think a question the people might have had was this. Who is Jesus? And why was he crucified? And Paul's answer was that he was the son of God who came to be the savior of the world. He came because of their sins and to pay for their sins. 
And Paul had the people look at themselves in the mirror of God's law to see how filthy with sin that they were, and that because of their sin, they were undeserving of spending an eternity in heaven. But before Paul pointed the people to their sins, he looked at himself, at his own sins, and saw how unworthy they made him. In fact, in our second reading, Paul refers to himself as the worst of sinners. And why? Well, earlier in his life, he had persecuted Christians and put them to death. He knew he didn't deserve God's love and forgiveness, but that's why Jesus was crucified. Jesus had to live a perfect life and then die the perfect death to pay for his sins. And Paul never said, Lord, I'm a preacher, so that must make me worthy in your sight. He knew nothing was further than from the truth. And like Paul, I can say that when I came to Zion, I did not come with superior wisdom or eloquence. If the success of my ministry depended on that, I probably wouldn't have lasted a year. And as far as Paul never thinking that being a preacher made him worthy in God's sight, so I have never thought that way about myself either. The devil has tempted me to think that way. But every time when I look at some of the harsh and unloving words that I've spoken, some of the sinful actions I've done, some of the sinful thoughts that I've had, I have to agree with the hymn writer and say, chief of sinners, though I be. In fact, every time I've stepped into this pulpit, my prayer begins with something like this, Lord, I'm not worthy to be your child, and I'm definitely not worthy to be standing in this pulpit to preach your word because I'm a sinner. And just as Paul preached Christ crucified because he knew that Christ was crucified because of his sins and to pay for his sins, that's the same reason why I have preached Christ crucified. And yet that's what gave Paul the courage, the strength, the the determination, the energy to share the message of the crucified Savior everywhere he went for the rest of his life. You see, he knew that this was the only message that saves the only message through which the Holy Spirit creates and strengthens faith, the only message that gives true meaning to our lives. It's the only message that gives us the sure hope of forgiveness and salvation in the home that Jesus has prepared for us with his life, his death, and his resurrection. See, Paul knew that without a doubt, we are saved only by the grace of God. And that's what kept Paul going. That's what made Paul the greatest missionary this world has ever seen. And at the end of his life, Paul could have said, by the grace of God, I have preached Christ crucified. And it's only by the grace of God that I can say the same. Again, in my prayer before every sermon, I, I, and my prayer is something like this. It's only by your grace that I can stand and hear and proclaim your word to my people. So be with me and guide me so that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable in your sight to your glory and to the building up of your people. And I've had the blessing of saying that prayer for 40 years, 35 of them with you here at Zion. And by the grace of God, I have preached Christ crucified for all these years from this pulpit as well as from many other pulpits. 
I've had the privilege of, of teaching Christ crucified in the classroom, in Bible studies, in Bible information classes. I've had the privilege of pre preaching Christ crucified in hospitals, reminding patients that Jesus loves them, that he is with them, and that they are safe in his loving and protecting care. I've had the privilege of preaching Christ crucified to couples as they begin their married life together as husband and wife, reminding them that Jesus wants to be in their hearts and in their home so that he can fill their hearts and homes with his love and forgiveness and a countless number of other blessings. I've had the privilege and blessing of preaching Christ crucified to hundreds and hundreds of people as they stood by the casket of a loved one. The hardest thing anyone ever has to do Reminding them that their, their loved one is, is, is in heaven because Jesus died and rose again. And one day through Jesus, they would be there too. I have preached Christ crucified from this pulpit and have seen the Holy Spirit in action in your lives by the love and support you've shown me throughout my ministry. Through the love that you show one another and through the joy that you have in our gospel ministry. And when it comes to ministry, I've often asked, how and why would God choose me, the sinner that I am, to have the privilege and blessing of being your shepherd and preaching Christ crucified for all these years? It's only the, by the grace of God. And now serving as your pastor has come to an end. This will be the last sermon I preach from this pulpit. And to be honest, it makes me very sad. But what makes me happy, though, is I have faith and confidence that our gracious God will continue to supply Zion with preachers who will preach Christ crucified until the end of time. And what makes me even happier is knowing that because Christ died and rose again, we will one day be gathered around his throne reunited for all eternity in the home that Jesus has prepared for us. And that's something we can all look forward to. You know, as I reflect on my ministry here, because of you and through you, I believe I am the most blessed and richest person in the world. All because of the grace of God. So my brothers and sisters in Christ here at Zion, I thank you. Above all, I thank God for you. And my closing pastoral encouragement to you is this. Brothers and sisters, go in peace. Live in harmony with one another. Serve the Lord with gladness. Amen.